0: The following episode contains language and descriptions of violence and self-harm. It may not be appropriate for all listeners, but it was my life. Discretion is advised. Motivational and inspiring real talk with ex-prison shot caller, Chappie. Exploring conversations around addiction, mental health, and inspiring life lessons while providing actionable steps and tools to encourage change when you want more in your life. Now, here's your
1: host, Chappie.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Roll Call with Chappie. Doing this a little different. We're recording on the weekend because I have a special guest that flew in all the way from Mexico. So, uh, introduce yourself to everybody, Kelsey, and let them know like your Instagram handles and how they can find you.
1: Yes, thank you so much, Peter. I'm so excited to be here. Um, great flight getting here. Always happy to come to the dry heat, which I'm loving. Not bad. So, yeah, my name is Kelsey. I run the New Feminine. Uh, on Instagram, it's Kelsey Sophia or newfeminine.co. Um, it's basically where boss babe, boss babe meets housewife type vibes. So okay. it's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. And
0: uh, let's get into before. So how did you get there? Let me uh, know the fans how you grew up. What was it like growing up as a child for you?
1: Yeah. So good question. Um, basically, I grew up with a single mom. She was 17. From where? Canada? Canada, okay. Ottawa. Um, dad was like fresh out of jail uh she actually didn't even know that she was pregnant she had cancer and that's how she found out that she was pregnant she ended up getting chemo all the things and um yeah I basically grew up like with a single mom single teenage mom so she worked multiple jobs I don't have a lot of memories of my childhood most of it I was like the ones that I do remember I was kind of alone walking around my place doing my own thing um but she was like a great mom super loving and surprisingly like despite my circumstances I ended up having like a really beautiful childhood like you know we had she gave me as much as she could, even though we had like virtually nothing. I was always known as that girl with like the nicest clothes in school. Yeah. Like I was known as that. So yeah, <clears throat> that was kind of how it started. And then I lost her at 17 and a lot kind of started changing from there.
0: You lost her at 17? Yeah, yeah. So. How was that? Can you, do you want to talk about that <clears throat> all? Can you please?
1: Yeah, for sure. So that was like <clears throat> a very pivotal moment in my life. And to be honest, like, I don't know that I even processed it for like 12 years afterwards. Um,
0: 12 years is a long time.
1: It's a long time. (laughs) You know, you know, it's very long. I know that number 12. Yes, yeah, it's a very long time. Um, Yeah, well, she was my best friend, right? Like, my entire identity was around my mom. And the thing is, because she had me so young at 17, she had like a lot of like control and fears around losing me and things like that. So, I never really learned how to make my own decisions or live my own life. It was really like my mom being like, yes, you can do this. No, you can't do this to the point where in high school, I would literally like call my parents and be like, can I have a beer at a party? Really? And they would laugh. And my stepdad would be like, you can have two because like, how are you so amazing, you know? And um, so when she died, it was like really intense because I literally spent 12 years almost being like a fuck up. I can swear, right? right? Because then it's like I had to learn all those mistakes that I should have learned in high school right and i had to learn them as an adult so that was really challenging yeah um and then yeah, losing her was really challenging too right and i don't know if you've ever experienced like very like like death but it's a really like interesting process because you you know they're gone and then you physically like actually start to miss them probably around like three or four months in you're like wow i physically miss this person so it's like you have to, like, grieve their death, but then you, like, actually miss their presence. Times, yeah. Yeah, and it's so intense. And I remember, like, probably, like, a year after she died, I was, like, driving home from a night shift. I used to work at the hospital. I'm driving home from a night shift. And it was maybe one or two years after. So I'm, like, 19, 20. I'm making good money at the hospital. And I lived, like, out in the boonies. I would bought, like, a beautiful house with, like, a tennis court and, like, two and a half acres with really? horses and all the things. Yeah, I did that with the money that I got from her. And uh, I had to pull over... After my shift, because it, like, finally hit me, that I was never going to see her again. And that was, like, I was just, like, heaving in the car. It was so intense. And that's kind of when I think my heart closed and so many things just happened in that moment. Okay. Let's get into that. Please. Yeah. I can listen
0: to you talk about this stuff forever.
1: Yeah. Um... Well, like those 12 years where we're I want to get into the
0: spiritual stuff because you're like a very, very spiritual person. Like you yeah. try to teach me a little bit of that stuff. And I want to, I, like, I know I for sure need to learn more. So for sure my viewers can get a ton from that. So I want to get to all your like spiritualness and all that stuff. Yeah, so totally. keep going.
1: Yeah, I think that I was like really open to love before that. And I was in a relationship at that point too. Um, and I feel like that was a moment when I really just like closed my heart and I became really afraid of like... Deep love, and I was just like really afraid to lose someone again, you know. Um, because then after that, I feel like I kind of became a little bit cold hearted. I was still in a relationship, but it was m- like we had been together from basically like right before my mom died. We had the house, we had our dogs, we had all these things, and um, I was there because it was safe, it was easy. His family loved me, right? There wasn't really like love, like that's not fair. Like, there was love in the capacity that I had at that time. And I was going to school, and I was, like, building my life, but um, it's been, like, truly a really intense journey because I don't think that we understand energetically, like, how our hearts work and how love works and things like this, but we go through something like this where you lose, like, your you know, she was my best friend, like, I loved her more than anything in the world, and um, I'm, like, super emotional, but Mm -hmm. it's like when you experience that type of loss, there's unconsciously there's gonna be fears of having this happen again so you like shut down so those like fuck boys that everybody like talks shit about on instagram like these are just like really wounded men that are really afraid of being hurt again so that was me so i kept like everybody at a distance i was like top of my class as a respiratory therapist like 90 95s which like wow. is a big deal because in that <clears throat> program we start 40 we graduate eight like everybody fails i'm like 90s so i would like that's how I deal with stress and things like that. It's like, oh, I'm stressed out and I feel like shit. Let me like work so much and just like avoid it and repress it. Mm-hmm. And I did that for years. So it's like truly only the last year that I've been finally like opening my heart again and allowing people back in and trusting like life, God, love, and truly like just adopting this, I don't know, this idea that like I'd rather like love and lose than like not love at all. Mm-hmm. But, which, yeah, that even that came from something. How did you get, how did you get into this
0: stuff? Were you always like kind of spiritual on this side or?
1: Yeah. So, um, I've always been like really weird. Um, (laughs) yeah, I've (laughs) always, yeah, I've always been really weird. I was always like that girl. Like I was always bullied in school, like all the time. Like I remember I was like five years old. I had this like jacket that I absolutely adored with like fur all around it. Uh And we're walking and I'm like, I love it. And I feel so cute. And then like all these kids just like yelling at me and making fun of me. And people have told me that it's because you just shine really bright, you know. And uh, so it was always kind of weird. I never really had a lot of friends because, again, like the depth that I have now, I had as a little girl as well. Most people are super surface level. For sure. So, yeah, it was always like that. And then when I was 16, um, my mom gave me the book uh, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And I went through like a huge awakening at that point. I know a lot of people started waking up in like 2009, 2011, 2012, So mine, I don't know when that was, 16, yeah, I was like 2008, but I was like fully now awake. I was like practicing mindfulness. I was like aware of like these energies. Um, Interestingly enough, though, I didn't finish that book. There was like maybe one chapter left. I tried to reread it again, ended at the exact same spot, and then maybe like six months ago, finally finished it. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't ready. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, yeah. So where
0: did, when Mm -hmm. you're, and I want to backtrack a little bit, once your mom passed, where did you go like live and stay? Were you just completely on your own?
1: No, right so, away. yeah, like, so I was living with, so a was month. your dad
0: still around at all, or?
1: No, so my real dad was not, but my okay. stepdad was. Um, yeah, like, I, I had moved out, like, a month before. Like, 17-year-old girl, I moved in with my, like, 24-year-old boyfriend, whatever, okay? Yeah.
0: Those dudes are cool. All oh, those yeah. those 24-year-old dudes that do that stuff. 20, yeah.
1: Those are great, great <laughs> guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> a real catch.
0: That's a, those, are, those are the guys that dudes earn political ink off of, right there.
1: Yeah, yeah so <clears throat> ran away. So grateful I did that, honestly, because that month my mom and I had like the absolute best relationship from being out of the house, like under like her, you know what I mean? Under her control. So mm-hmm. we actually like connected really deeply. Um, so I was living with him and then basically crazy things happen. Like, you know, a lot of money comes from a death. Um, the money went to like my stepdad instead of my grandpa or no, sorry, the money went to my grandpa instead of my stepdad. My grandpa, being like a man who never had a lot of money, decided that he wants to keep the money, that he deserves it, apparently for being a great dad, which mm-hmm. truly, like, there were a lot of issues there. Um, so, he gives me $10,000, and my stepdad gets a bunch of money, buys, like, $50,000 truck, all these things, and tells me he's going to give me $50,000. Like, So, here I am, like, 17, everyone around me takes all this money. and I I'm keep like, thinking "Was <laughs> that, do you ever watch Family Guy? But uh, yeah.
0: he's like, you got my money? You yeah. got my money? <laughs> yeah. got my money? It's just
1: like crazy. Yeah. Like, you think when your mom dies, you're going to have like something to set you up. But yeah. my grandpa's like, no, you got this guy to take care of you. And I'm like, he's kind of a piece yeah. of shit. Like,
0: yeah. Your mom's there, you but here's this 24-year-old creep. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know? So it's like. Well, luckily I mean, you there's...
0: made it out of that without ending up in a trash <laughs> bag or something. Seriously. <laughs>
1: he's actually, I don't want to say, I'm sure a great guy, but. You Hopefully know. he's listening to this. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyways, I got a little bit of money. My dad like put a down payment on a house. <clears throat> this is a great story because, anyways, dated this guy for like years. I ended up going bankrupt after losing everything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just did not. God go wasn't well.
0: blessed in that situation with you too, right? <laughs> yeah. I
1: was just like, what is going on here? You know. Yeah. So yeah, I ended up moving in with him, <clears throat> which <laughs> is like a nightmare.
0: For sure, I can tell. <laughs>
1: Um, but again, like, I think that when we're young, you just like, I was very codependent, right? Like I wanted somebody, I was like afraid of being like, I wanted to marry him. And I was like crazy because it was just like, I just wanted someone, you know? So, and his family was so good. They loved me so much. They paid for a lot of my school. Like I had stopped going to school for a few years. I was Uh working in the hospital as like a porter. So just like transporting patients. And I have like the funniest stories about that. Like, honestly, like, yeah, there were moments of me like two in the morning with like, a person in a body bag that I have to like move into the morgue. There's like n- no way. Some security guard, like sitting outside on his phone, doesn't want to help some like tiny, like five foot six. And at that time, I was like tiny, you know? Yeah. So I'm like literally standing over this like massive. People don't 200- realize
0: how heavy bodies are. Oh my gosh. You have to move one.
1: I'm like literally standing like 200 pounds and I'm like trying to move this like dead corpse yeah. onto like a tray the tray <clears throat> falls the body falls it's just like oh gosh. so many stories like that which were just really fun okay and then i went back to school became a respiratory therapist gotcha. and yeah
0: and so. then um what happened to pops
1: so the real dad um basically he was like
0: which is a very it's crazy like you know i've, I've just gotten new to the whole faith in god thing and yeah like, I've never, ever, like, talked to someone on Instagram, and then, like, literally weeks later, I was like, yo, come on, do my podcast, I don't know really too much about you, I just had a good feeling about this, and then the second you get through, you're like, oh, my dad was in prison, all this, and I'm like, dude, how crazy are the similars, I was like, this is gonna be awesome, so yeah. I want like, that, please.
1: Yeah, for sure, yeah, my dad was, like, a beautiful man, like, like super attractive, super hardworking, Super sweet. Um, like, you my grandpa was, like, best guy I've ever met. Better looking than me? I don't know about
0: that. <laughs> Just kidding.
1: Good looking guy. He looked like me, you know. Um, but um, his dad was a drug addict, or dad was an alcoholic, abusive. So, of course, he was also, like, drug addict, um... And I guess, like, I don't know that necessarily abusive, but there are, like, police reports of him, like, coming home, like, cutting my mom's boots off, like, with a knife to try to get money and stuff like that. Mm -mm. Yeah, like, with the drugs, right? Um, But with me, he was, like, best dad. I have all these photos, like, us, like, covered in teddies. He was so good. And uh, I guess when I was, like, three or so, my mom put a restraining order against him and we didn't see him anymore. Yeah. And I, apparently he tried to come back into my life when I was eight, again, didn't, like, shouldn't let him. And then when I was 16, we found out that he had HIV. And I remember my, my step-parent, like, my stepdad and my mom took me out on a run because we'd always go running together. And uh, we're on the run, and then they were just like, like, can we talk to you about this thing? Like, your dad's family contacted us. He has HIV. Um, this was actually a week before my mom died.
0: No way. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know? And then so a week before my mom died, his family, his mom, and his sister came back into our life which was wild. And then yeah. a week later, they died. And I remember calling my grandma Darlene and she was like bawling, like, What do you mean? Like, I just came back into your life and now your mom is gone. Yeah. It was very intense. Very, that, like, these things made me believe in God more than anything. Like, what are the odds that.
0: And a lot of people will do that <clears throat> the opposite. Yeah. They'll go through stuff like that. Like, that's what I did. When I lost my cousin, I was like, There's no way God would take yeah. my cousin's life. And I gave up on God for a long time. So, yeah, let's, yeah talk to, let's hear that. Like, how did you get into looking at, like, that's a god thing rather than like doing like me and like most of the other people doing but, like god's not real if he did like why would he do this how do, i don't that's crazy that you would do that
1: yeah i don't know like and i'm just a lot of
0: people literally lose both their parents and like it could spin the rest of their life out of control and use that as, like i would probably do that no joke yeah like, that's the type of person i am i was always the kind of guy that would like look for an excuse and then once i found the excuse i was going to wreck havoc you know yeah. so it's amazing that you've had that and like getting to where you are now so I would like to hear
1: about that, though. Honestly, though, like, I got to give a lot of that to, like, my mom. Like, she did, like, a really incredible job at raising me. You know what I mean? Like, she really did. Like, and I've been really hard on her over the years because that's kind of, like, my, like, defense mechanism. Like, oh, you hurt me. Like, now I hate you type thing. So for years, I was, like, really angry with her. But she did a really great job at raising me. And um, I always believed in God. But I was, like, very anti-religion. But the day my mom died, I was in the shower and, like, anyone who's experienced, like, heartbreak or whatever, like, it literally feels like you're cracked open. And, like, when the doctor told me my mom died, I remember, like, it literally felt like my heart, like, just this hole, and, like, I lost everything. And I'm in the shower that night, and my, like, the hole is so big, and I just felt, like, the most overwhelming presence of, like, love and care and, like, God. Like, it was, like, truly, like, that night that I was, like, I found God tonight. It was so wild. Wow. Like, yeah, yeah. And I knew, I'm like, this is God. And if we're truly, like, if I'm being really honest with myself, like, I would not be where I am without my mom dying because she had a lot of control over my life. I spent the last 12 years trying to break free from, like, this, like, box that she wanted me to fit in because I'm very, like, very different from her. I'm like the rest of my family, like, black sheep of the family. <clears throat> and even though she was dead, I was, like, still living under her, like, like looking for, like, love and acceptance from her, right? Mm-hmm. So she it's like when you look in hindsight, you're like, yeah, that had to happen as and I don't believe in good or bad. Like everything just is like someone could like fall off a chair there. We get to determine like, was that good? Was that bad? It just is like things happen. And, you know, people have told me like, oh, it's so terrible. You lost both your parents, things like that. It's like, who says it's terrible? You know, like there's this like Chinese proverb, I think, where The man, like, I don't know the, all the details. So anyone who's listening, like, please don't, like, come on. like DM dad, her smoke yeah, her if like, she gets this one this wrong. This isn't, yeah. right, you know. So Kelsey like, Sophia on Instagram. Yeah, like, just, like, you know, chill in the comments, guys. <laughs> we all know this story. But, like, it's just, like, a very basic story where, like, the kid breaks his leg and everyone's, like, oh, my gosh, like, this is so terrible. And the dad's, like, I don't know. And then, like a few days later the military comes and they're here to grab like all the boys to go to war but the son can't, can't go, go because his like <clears throat> leg is broken there's this analogy, entire yeah. story you know so everything just is okay but yeah that's like really the moment where i found god
0: cool what did uh so where did you get out of this little uh cool relationship you had with the 24 year old and where'd you head after that
1: yeah so this is like we're going deep here so yeah. um The whole time I was with him, I, like, had a wandering eye. And I'm, like, the most monogamous woman there is. Like, if I love my man, like, I'm, like, who? Like, it's, like, I don't even see anybody else. But with him, like, right off the bat, I'd have crushes on, like, everybody. Really? I would never do anything. Like, that's just not me. But I always had a crush on somebody else. And um, I ended up having a crush on who is now my ex-husband. And it was, like, for six months. Like, there was just something about him and... He was, like, this very big masculine man, and I always, like, had a tendency of dating, like, really nerdy guys because I'm pretty nerdy. So here was this, like, big hot hunk, you know, who had, like, a bit of an interest in me. And I just, I think it was, like, my escape from my, like, shitty relationship. Mm -hmm. So then we started talking, and I was still in the relationship, and, like, two days later, I broke up with him. Because I'm, like, again, like, I'm, like, I can't, like, I can't be dishonest. I'm, like, not, you know. So we broke up, um... And then, yeah, and then I started seeing him, and that's just like a whole other story and At that point, I was about to graduate as a respiratory therapist, so that was like a lot of freedom for me, right? So I was like, that's a great job like, yeah. you're making like thirty five bucks an hour. I'd been in the hospital for years, you know, so everybody knew me in the hospital, everyone knew my mom, everyone knew my stepdad, he was like the boss of like the, re- the respiratory therapist. I worked my ass off to like win. Both jobs at both hospitals in Ottawa so like really yeah like we were two of us who won both jobs there was only two positions at both hospitals and this other guy and I we won both like I did everything to get these jobs it was like my dream job okay then yeah I just started working um, got married shortly after had a baby a year later
0: okay yeah and then what
1: then, how long did
0: you say? I want to get into like when you left the respiratory therapist. Stuff yeah, or,
1: so I actually left. Um, during how long did you do that leave. for? A few years. Yeah, a few years. So when I was pregnant, so again, I've always been like different with my belief system and stuff like that. And um, I worked in like labor and delivery. I worked all over the hospital. Um, I've had like so many people like die in my hands. I've had like little like babies like literally this big. Oh. You can like see through them yeah. into their heart, and I'm the one like making sure that they breathe while like mom is like you know that's gonna be tough too it's like really intense because again i've always dealt with stress so well and mm. i thought i was fine like and i'm like cool as a cucumber like it would be like two in the morning person's like dead in front of me we're trying to reanimate them anesthesia comes in all the things and i'm just like so chill smiling laughing doing my thing no, whatever meditating the yeah panels. just like <laughs> super chill and i remember like these doctors would look at me like what is wrong with this girl because i just like have always like internalized stress um and then when I was pregnant my son is like 22 weeks old and I'm getting contractions and all these things and like stress shows in the body so they put me off work for until I was 36 weeks but then with mat leave and things like that in Canada if you want to get like the full year of mat leave which Canada is great for that I got to give it to I had to go back to work so at 36 weeks I'm like super pregnant go back to work and I'm like a, like I work a lot. I start doing like 12 hour shifts six days in a row. Jeez. Like I'm just like a yeah. beast at these things, like night shifts too, boom, boom, boom. And now it's like Christmas Eve and I'm like up in bed, contractions again. And my midwife was like, No, you're gonna stop work until you're forty weeks. Um, basically have my kid, best like experience of my life. I gave birth fully naturally, despite like all my coworkers and my stepdad and everyone telling me that I was an idiot.
0: Why fully natural?
1: I'm just like a my a woman's body is literally designed to give birth. Um, you have like a host of like hormones that are actually released. If you take zero medications, there's a ton of hormones that are released during childbirth to allow you to manage the pain. Um, in the hospital, it's like a business of being born. They inject you with something to increase the contractions, not because they care about you, but because they want your bed free.
0: They want you beca- in and out.
1: Yeah, because if they do it within 24 hours, you get a beautiful bonus, you know. So they're like pushing women. So. I like birth for like hours completely alone, like literally no one in my house. I'm like eating cake. I'm eating like Shut a whole up. bag of like Miss Vicky's. No one knows that I'm in labor. I'm like bouncing on my ball. I'm watching America's Sweethearts. So I've got my sunglasses on to like for the like melato- melatonin production. I've got the curtains all no over way. all day. I told one of my girlfriends, I said, I'm probably gonna give birth today, probably around 8 p.m. Didn't even tell my husband at the time. He comes home and he's like, I fucking knew you were up to something. Like no some, way. Yeah, he's like I could feel it, but he's like you didn't tell me, and I'm like I, I just wanted you to go to You're work. Like, I'm
0: busy, dude. Yeah, You're like yeah, like I don't have Trying time get this for baby this. Baby out of
1: here. Yeah, and, uh, and so something shifted after that, right? Like it was like the most beautiful experience of my life. Um, and basically, when my son was six weeks, it's so funny. Anyone who's a woman listening, like. Nothing changes for the dad, okay? Like your life stays the same. Boys' nights stay <laughs> I'm looking at Robin, I'm good with that. she's like, yeah, boys' night stays the same. Everything stays the same. Meanwhile, you're like literally like feeding this like tiny little human every two hours. So I like camped out on my couch. We had like the L like L couch with an ottoman. So I was like camping out with my kid. I'm watching my shows, feeding him, doing my thing for six weeks, and at one point, like you know, my ex-husband comes in, walks in, and I just had this, like, I want to, like, punch him in the back of the Shut head. Up. I was so mad. I'm like, and I've always been good at communication. I'm like, I hate you right now. And Shut he's up. like He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, your life hasn't changed. You got Friday night boy's You're going to work. <laughs> you're going to the gym. Everything's the same. I'm like, I'm going crazy. I'm like, my body's not the same. Like, I'm usually, <laughs> like, ripped, you know? I'm like, I'm not working. I'm not doing anything. He's like, Okay, he's like, "What do you need to do?" I'm like, "I need to start counting my macros." He's like, "Okay, cool, <laughs> start counting my that's macros." Just, that's
0: the conclusion you came up with. <laughs>
1: like, I gotta start, and he's like, "What else?" I'm like, "I need to become a personal trainer because <clears throat> I've been bodybuilding since I was like 17." Okay. so I started studying my, for personal training. That night, we paid for like the East personal trainer. And then I started like studying in the middle of the night, like my son would wake up to eat. It would be like two in the morning and I'd be studying my books and I started my Instagram and I started building my Instagram as a personal trainer when my son was six weeks old. Okay. So, you know, I'm listening to the podcast. We've got like, and he just let me do my own thing. I Any had,
0: idea like, like where you want to go at this point with your yeah, life? Or, like, like
1: I knew I'm like, I was getting visions of myself, like speaking on stages with like hundreds of thousands of people, like Tony Robbins, big type thing. I'm like, but it started with that. I was listening to the podcast. I started like, you know, following these other people. Um, I'd like write on the board the things that I want, right? So like, you know, I'm listening to a podcast over and over and this girl, Angie Lee, she's like promoting her big event, Pace to be Brave in San Diego. And I'm like, I just get this crazy feeling from God, like you have to go there. So I write it down, Pace to be Brave. I write down the dates. I'm on mat leave. You know, my ex doesn't make that much money, but he's he was always like, yo, if you think we're gonna do it, like we're gonna do it. You know? He's like, let's do it. So I write it, I'm manifesting all the things. And probably a few months later, and I think it's important that I talk about this because what I did, and this is what everyone listening can do. I basically like wrote out the things that I wanted. Okay, so I literally wrote out like I'm gonna be on Angelie's podcast. I'm gonna work with like and I'm dropping some names that you guys can go look up on Instagram. These were women that like I adored, like Lori Harder, Kayla Craft. I put all of their names on there.
0: Lori Harder is right here. Oh yeah. Yes, she's Scottsdale.
1: Oh my goodness, okay, I absolutely adore her. So I had all these names here, and I'm and I'm like saying like I'm gonna go to pace, be brave, and I like paint the vision, and then I recorded it and I listened to it every single night. And at this point, I wasn't like, I hadn't studied the unconscious mind, but you know, all of us entrepreneurs know that like the unconscious mind is where like, you know, the conscious mind is the goal Mm -hmm. setter, the unconscious mind is the goal getter. So I start every single night listening to this vision before bed. Okay, next thing you know, Anjali is doing this like free giveaway for a ticket. I'm in the car. I'm trying to go live. I'm trying to make the video. I'm trying to do something. And then literally my ex, he like pulls over and he's like, what do we need to do? And I just start bawling. And I'm like, I have to go to San Diego. I have to like request to be in her group. And I'm like, everyone else was just recording these videos, like recording, re-recording, whatever. I'm like, I'm going to go live in the group. Like I'm going to stand out, you know, requesting access to the group. I can't get in. It's now it's like 8 p.m. There's like only a few hours left to enter the contest. I have no idea what to do. I look at my phone, I get a random message from Angie Lee. And she literally sends me a message, said, Hey, I don't know if you were gonna enter the contest or whatever, but I wanna gift you two free tickets to this event. And I'm like, What? Like I was like bawling my eyes out. It was crazy. Like I never entered the contest, never done anything. Wow. Shortly after that, like I go on Kayla Kraft's live, she brings me onto the live, messages me after, brings me on her isogenics team. This is Kayla Kraft. Now when I'm in San Diego, haven't met Lori Harder yet, and I'm walking like Walking down the hall, I've got my ex, my kid, you know? And normally everyone would be like in the conference hall, but because we have to bring my son to like the daycare, we have to go past the conference hall, and I'm just out loud living the hotel like a crazy person. I'm like, I'm gonna meet Lori Harder. I'm gonna meet Lori Harder. I'm gonna meet Lori Harder. We literally turn the corner. Lori and Chris are sitting completely by themselves. Everyone else is in the conference hall. I just like break down. They meet all of us, photos, they meet my boy, and she like holds, I'm telling her all of this, crying, and she holds me by the hands, and she's like, you did this. And I was like (laughs) "Yeah." And then that that trip changed everything because I did breath work on the rooftop of San Diego, and at this point, you know, plot twist, I was wearing hijab, I was like Muslim, and all the things, I was wearing hijab. I'm doing, you know, breath work on the top, I've never done breath work before, doing it on the top of San Diego. I'm like living my dream. I've got like my fake lashes, my hijab on, lying, like looking at this beautiful sun. And I have the craziest jaw tension ever. And I go and ask the instructor, I'm like, what does jaw tension mean when you're doing it? She's like, there's something that you're not like speaking, like being honest about. And immediately it was like, I'm not Muslim. Like immediately I'm looking at her and it's like, I'm not Muslim. So now I'm going home and I'm like shaking in the car on the way home from the airport. And Mike's is like, what the hell is wrong with you? Cause I'm like,
0: you're about to find out. Homie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm about to
1: drop this yeah. bomb on you, and our life is about to change. You want to eat some food first Forever. before you catch this news? Yeah, and it was crazy. I'm like, that was it. Like, so how'd
0: you break that news to him?
1: I remember I was like, I was like shaking, doing dishes, and then he's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah. And I turn around, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know how to say this, you know? And I'm like, I don't want to wear hijab. And it was like an instant reaction from him. And I don't want to villainize him at all, but it was like an instant reaction. Like, cool, then we're not going to be together. Like, they're getting divorced.
0: I don't even think people know. <laughs> definitely, my viewers don't, don't even know what that is, probably, because I didn't even know what the term is. But that's yeah, like a. T- it's like
1: the veil that you wear around your head and your hair. So, for three years, I didn't, like, no one saw my hair. No one saw anything. Um, if I went swimming, I was, like, literally in long sleeves. No one saw my arms. No one saw anything. And there's a lot of, like, I know people who wear it, and there's so much freedom in it. I truly believe, like, as human beings, like, we're all meant to be, like, very unique expressions of God. And so it's so interesting. Like, one of my clients right now, She's, she just started wearing hijab. She's like a Caucasian, convert, just started wearing hijab. And my clients always mirror things to me. And as she's expanding in this for her, I'm like now posting more photos of myself online. And it's so beautiful because, again, God is just here to expand. If we all expanded in this direction, that's not expansion. Like there really does need to be an array of different people and things like that. But that wasn't my truth, you know? For sure. And I very much did it in order to be loved. Okay. So that so, was, how did
0: you take that? and what, what, what was next after that?
1: Well, we like talked about it and he's like, I'm not going to stay with you because he's like, you told me you were something and now you're not. And so it was like a very deep betrayal. He for didn't him. tell
0: you, like you didn't say that you were Muslim at first, right? He, uh, did you convert no, with him? No, we started,
1: yeah, like we started dating, we started dating at the same time that I started becoming don't friends. Don't they have
0: to like get their significant others to convert or something? No. Mm-mm. Okay.
1: You can marry a Christian girl and like, okay. I love God, but I was always like super against Christianity. And Islam, I do believe, is, like, very deeply spiritual, and God speaks to me through, like, metaphors and things like that, but just go look at, like, a church, like, and especially churches, like, in Europe, some of them are just, like, plain, like, walls, Mm -hmm. go look at a mosque, it's, like, anyone can Google any mosque anywhere in the world, it's, like, the most intricate, beautiful, artistic creation that there is, and that is a beautiful reflection of how they see god and they see god in a truly incredible way and i do think that like the religion is hijacked just as i think all things in this world get hijacked by the enemy or the other side or whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it right so there's so much beauty there's so much depth you know like one of the quotes here is like from this like imam ali Um, and it's like, I sat at the gate of my heart and let no one except God in, and it's just so beautiful. And he would have these, like him and his wife, Fatima, who was like the prophet's daughter, like they had the most beautiful marriage. Like he's like, I will put my head in the sand before like yelling at my wife, you know? And like, he would always say these things like, I'll like, like I'll put my hands in the dirt and I'll feel more connected to the earth and to the people. And like, things like that just like took me away, you know, it's just so, so much depth, so much, so much spirituality. And it's almost like what I truly needed at that point, um, because it brought me so close to God, and I do, on some level, like and you like you know from following my Instagram, I am I'm I am into like a bit more like traditional values, right? So and I do love like the traditional values of like man and wife and like husband and wife, right? Like I don't necessarily buy into this whole like oh you should look super hot to go out clubbing. But then look like a slob at home with your man no like you wear the booty shorts with your man and you look like kind of good when you go out like what are we you know who are we trying to look beautiful for, sure. for right so there was a lot of that stuff that i was already just like that like even when i was 17 with that guy i like i never in four years cooked the same dinner not once no way yeah like i literally like whatever he wanted like i would like spend like you sick- good at
0: cooking too <clears throat> yeah okay yeah,
1: oh. <laughs> it's like good to know. Just curious. <laughs> yeah, really good. <laughs>
0: um, we're still on the air here? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm still doing a podcast, Robin's still right there. <laughs> 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 Just
1: kidding.
0: of these other microphones, shit. <clears throat> All right, so how did he take that? <clears throat> and then where did you go after you guys split up there?
1: Yeah, so like I ended up like we tried to like, I tried to keep wearing it for a month he would not be seen out in public with me. He was no like, way. Com- he, not- he stopped sleeping with me completely. He stopped sleeping in the same bed, like just like completely Stop. detached from me. Yeah, it was really hard. Wow. Um, yeah, and then um, my stepdad was like begging him, like we're going on a trip in November, like at my birthday for mine and like my step uncle's birthday. And he was like begging him, like, please come with us. Please come with us, you know? And I was still wearing hijab and I kept, I told him, I'm like, I'm gonna take it off. And he's like, fine, take it off when we're on vacation. And um anyways i took it off on my birthday and he was like he's not a drinker like at all he drank the whole trip um he was just like compl- again like we, there was no nothing left between oh, us yeah. and um and then I started being attacked. Like I had like almost 9,000 followers on Instagram and most of it was Muslim followers. I started no. getting messages like, you're a whore, like all these crazy Stop. things. Yeah, there was some beautiful, like again, everything is a balance, right? There were beautiful messages, like mm-hmm. good for you, do what you feel like you need to do, but then also just like, yeah, really awful messages. His, um, It just, it went really like south from there. And by Christmas... Like Chris again, we we you keep trying a bit, but it was like we couldn't even like have a conversation, and uh, at one point, it was just like, okay, hey, we're like we're done. That's it. And by January, we were like like literally physically divorced. Well, and
0: then what were you doing at this point? Were you still working at the hospital? No,
1: no, no, I had quit the hospital <clears> on <throat> okay. my mat leave. I never went back. I was like building my business, I was working, but it wasn't where I wanted it to be. I was making maybe like two grand a month, which is like nothing, and so then. A lot started to happen because now I'm like relying solely on my coaching business, and um, there are moments where I'm like, I remember like, and I talked with this on Instagram recently. I'm like sitting on the floor. I just dropped off my kid at his dad's house. I was breastfeeding them, so then so he took him for like one day. Nineteen dollars in my bank account. Um, I go buy like a nine dollar Domino pizza because I've had like a lot of eating disorders over the years. Um, Buy a nine dollar pizza. Bring it home. I'm alone. My baby's gone. That's like not natural for a mom not to have her baby. $9 left in my account, basically. I'm like eating this pizza. And I got a letter in the mail from like the respiratory therapist, like whatever, asking if I want to renew my license. And it was this like crazy moment where I'm like, okay, I can go back to this old life, have a great job, be making like overtime, like five, six grand a month, you know, like basically you're doing six figures or I'm like, I can fucking stick to this and keep going and just trust. And again, so here I'm like, again, $10 in my bank account, pizza, and mm-hmm. I'm like hot, like after my, like I'm like in great shape, you know? I'm like, yeah. are you really gonna down this whole pizza and just like yeah. fuck up your body too and everything? And uh, I'm like holding this letter and I'm like, no, like I'm not going back, like I will not stop at anything to make my dreams a reality. And a week later, I, I was doing podcasting at that point and um, I bring on this girl to interview her. She has a massive company. Somebody had mentioned her name beforehand, and this is how God works, okay? Mentioned the name, and then she's on my podcast. And then she's like, oh, you do sales? And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing sales for, like, I just started doing sales. She's like, I need someone to do sales for me. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So now I start doing sales for her. What does she do? She allows me to come get, like, certified as a neurolinguistic practitioner. I then, like, go into my master prac, and then my business just blows up after that.
0: Neurolinguistic prac, what is that?
1: Programming. So it's all like the unconscious mind. So I don't call myself um, like a master practitioner of NLP anymore now that I developed my own technique and I teach that. But I did start off being like NLP. So yeah, it's like all understanding of the unconscious mind Um, language. Anyone who's listening to this who's like really into personal development, most people know what NLP is because it's the way to like get to the root of your unconscious mind you learn techniques that can like literally shift your entire life and we know that like you know conscious mind is like the tip of the iceberg unconscious mind is everything underneath so truly like 90 to 99 percent of everything you your thoughts actions habits behaviors are unconscious they're completely unknown to you like 90 to 99 percent of your entire day is just unconscious patterns and where do these come from generally from zero to seven or if there's been any other trauma in your life so If you don't have, you look like anyone who's like listening to this, like look around your entire life. What is it telling you? You know what I mean? It's a mirror. And this is my method, like mirror method. It's like everything that you're looking at, if you don't have the money that you want in your bank account, okay, that's an unconscious belief. Like you are the creator of your entire reality. So if you don't have a million dollars in your bank account, it's because you don't believe that you can have a million dollars in your bank account. So it's like everything there. And this is when my real deep healing started. When I went through a really like dark night of the soul, really deep awakening after my divorce, and when I started to truly heal like the things that were keeping me small and keeping me as this like little girl that grew up with no money, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, this was like huge in the journey and with clients and everything. Okay. Yeah.
0: So did that start kind of taking off then? Because you're, Mm -hmm. you're doing very well right now, but it's like... Even myself, I always wonder, like, how do you get traction at first? how did to get going? Was it, was it smooth sailing at first? Or
1: I <clears throat> posted every single day consistently for the first like six months of my business. Like I showed the fuck up. And it's tough to do that too. <clears throat> every day I did. Um, Andy Frisella had just started his like 75.: What do you know? There's about
0: eight episodes, and I've, I've made a joke last week. I think I've had seven podcasts where someone shouted out Andy Frisella. so there goes number eight.: Yeah, there we go. <clears throat> every single episode he gets brought up.
1: Okay, so back then he had just started his 75. Hard, yeah, yeah, hard challenge, which I love. Like, I was in a Facebook group the other day, and people are still doing this. So I'm like, yo, that is great branding yeah. and like great marketing. I'm like, good yep. job, buddy. Um, but so all my friends were doing that, and I'm like, I have to do things my own way. I'm like, fuck that. I already go to the gym. I'm already like ripped. I already do everything. Like, I'm super disciplined. I'm like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to post every single day for 75 days. I'm going to post a video for 75 days, and I'm showing up and I'm going through my divorce and I'm moving through it and I'm being super honest about like screaming in pillows and jaw tension and all the things. And I'm teaching mindset and I'm teaching spirituality. And because for a lot of my business, I was wearing hijab, I did blow up a lot because of that, because these like Muslim women were sharing me and things like that. But so it felt like, and I tell my girls this, when I'm teaching them how to get to like 10K per month, it almost feels like nothing is happening. And it's the same thing in weight loss, right? You're like doing all the things, you're meal prepping, you're eating the right food, you're going to the gym. And it's like... Literally the day that you're like, fuck this, it's not working. The next day you hop on the scale, you drop like six pounds, you look shredded. It's like the swoosh effect. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in business. Like you show up consistently and it's almost like God is like, I'm not going to give you the results until you yeah. prove yeah. that you're going to actually like push Stick past. It out and it yeah. yeah, go through
0: the tough times. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: yeah. And then it's, so it's like, again, I was like doing like one, two K, nothing. All of a sudden in May, I hit six grand. U.S.? Uh, <laughs>
0: Canadian.
1: Yeah, he's laughing at me because I'll, every time I talk about money, I have to be like, She like, says
0: US right afterwards.
1: I'm like, it's 750 US. Yeah,
0: US. Uh, so I am just making sure we're talking about the same amount of money right yeah.
1: there. Yeah, right there in America. Yeah. Yeah. So Canadian, okay? Get it right. And uh, we just shifted to US. And in like, yeah, May, it was like 6K. In June, I moved to Toronto. I, um, which was really big. I got like the, driving a BMW. It was really stupid, okay? Because yeah. <laughs> like, I had like two good, I've been good, there, trust me. Yeah, I did like two good months, like six grand, seven grand. Now I'm like a baller. I'm, like, get me the BMW, get me the like 25. When I got on
0: the car, I had one good month and I bought a new car from that on top of that. And it's it's just, like, like yeah, it don't do stop. that.
1: You know what I mean? Don't For do sure. that. Like drive the beater. Um, who but back then, I was really trying to prove that I was good enough. I was still in this really weird paradigm. So I got the like, $2,500 condo, you know, it's like a one bedroom in Toronto. Mm-hmm. It's like a size of a s- <laughs> tin sure. can, Yeah, but it's like, Oh, <clears throat> it's in Toronto. And, um, the BMW and I start working with like, I start being a, I chose the best niche. I was like a dating coach for male entrepreneurs. Okay. My business blew up like what? blew up. Yeah. I would like have guys on the phone. I'd be like, And I was like, I'm really good at sales, but especially with men, I'd be like, go get your visa. What are we doing? Let's go. Come on. Are we going to do this or what? I'm like, really? You're going to pussy out right now. Go get your visa. They'd be like, I'm going. (laughs)
0: Literally in two seconds, probably.
1: Yeah. Like it was just crazy. So it blew up. So then June, it was like 9K. By October, I hit 13K. US. (laughs) And You know what, though? That was like a huge failure because I was trying to hit 15 grand. Okay. And rather, and a friend of mine was like, are you like, he's like, are you like dumb? Like, he's like, the majority of people make like two grand a month. He's like, you hit 13 K and he's like, and you're like literally crying because you didn't hit 15 grand. And I was also invited to speak in LA that month in front of like a hundred people it was huge, you know, and I'd been traveling that whole year, like New York, all over the place. Like my life really was like popping off. People would recognize me like in the streets of Toronto, like you're that girl. Well, that's like, cool. yeah, it was super cool. Go to L.A. Wild, you know, people are taking photos of me. My business is popping off. Everything was amazing. And then what do I do? I like completely drop it.
0: Mm-mm.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Like, and you know what? Your unconscious mind is so powerful, right? So the unconscious mind is not going to come in and be like you're sabotaging yourself. No, no, your unconscious mind is going to tell you this isn't where you should be. There's better things. Maybe you're supposed to change. You're not actually happy, blah, 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 all the things, right? Just like when you're trying to diet and lose weight, the unconscious mind tells you, oh, you need a, you need a cheat meal today, right? And it tells you all these things. Why? Because you're about to surpass your like ceiling or as like Gay Hendrix says, your upper limiting. So it's like, we all have this like ceiling and this limit of how happy we can be how hot we can be how wealthy and all the things and then the minute that you start to like go above it it's the unconscious mind's natural tendency to bring you back down to comfort right this stems from like caveman days like you know you're in the cave you got your tribe why would you go out there right yeah so i just it was like again it felt so uncomfortable to this like little girl who grew up with like absolutely nothing you know there are times in my childhood where like we had no money um my mom would like pretend that we're doing like candlelight dinners, but no, like the electricity is <laughs> cut off, you know, and uh, like she was just terrible with money management. Yeah. And so it was just like so much for that version of me. And I dropped it. I just started working on referrals. I started acting at that point. I went back to school and university and I was working on referrals and everything was fine. And in that year, probably about a year later, I was like kicking myself in the ass. I was like, fuck, you literally sabotaged everything that you had built and it was huge and it's not until last month that i finally like actually fully busted out of it which is why june was like a huge month for me Really? yeah and i recorded this like video crying and i didn't post it but it was just like last month was like i finally went beyond what i'd been trying to get but it was more than that it was about like finally moving beyond and actually allowing myself to be happy um and loved and deserving and all the things and it was like a huge testament of like my growth and where i am and it yeah. was just really big
0: wow that's cool yeah yeah so um and then let's get into what happened in canada
1: oh yeah left. so like can we talk freely yeah <laughs> it's
0: my damn show yeah <laughs> i'm
1: like all right well uh, yeah so i basically like and i hate this word because and i'm I've, I've,
0: I've, <laughs> real quick sorry to cut you off but i want to get into like your like your it's crazy to me, like especially you, but even other people that have just like so much faith in like God or whatever you want to yeah. call it, that like you just trust like a whim feeling off that. So like yeah, like I want to get into that.
1: Yeah, right now. With you. Right now yeah, the God thing. We're gonna all do all that the stuff. God no, thing. but all that stuff
0: with like how you just like trust God and all that stuff. And I left Canada and now you're in Mexico. I mean, I
1: know. Yeah, I don't know. Like I just feel like I feel like my life could have been way worse. You know, what I mean? like I like I used. You know, I was working in a bar, um, strip club, to be honest, and I was a shooter girl. Could have totally been a stripper. was a shooter girl. And I had this, like, guy follow me into the office, lock the door, push me against the wall, start taking my pants off. And um, the bouncer, like, immediately, like, came in and, like, wow. was ready to, like, beat the shit out of this guy. Yeah. And because I was, like, they're like, prized shooter girl, like... Just imagine I'm having these like really intense conversations with these guys they're loving me they're just like by all these shots I'm like sarcastic they I'm, like,
0: saw you going to the back or waiting for you to come out so like what the hell is she doing back there for that long
1: I know they're just like they love me you know cuz yeah. I was not like that ditzy, like whatever I was just like yo like what's going on like let's chat so I was like their prized shooter girl like they got to protect the mm-hmm. shooter girl but I feel like there were so many moments that things could have gone way worse you know like I feel like on as much as I feel like I've gone through a lot in my life cuz right we haven't even talked about the fact that my dad died and all these things. Um I feel so blessed. Yeah. Like what a beautiful life I've had truly up until now, like honestly. And even like I think all of us have the most beautiful lives. Like to me being human is the entire spectrum. It's so funny, right? We get in these like we're like I'm going to be human and I need to be happy all the time and it's like no you fucking don't. Like you're here to be human, you're here to feel. So the lowest of lows, like the lowest that you can feel, the worst pain in the world, the more that you actually allow yourself to feel like the pain and the depth of everything that you've been through. Understand that that's the like now the opposite, the like, you know, the paradox or whatever, the duality is that now you get to feel even more love. Mm-hmm. So if you choose not to feel the pain, you're not feeling love. If You don't feel the pain. You don't feel the pleasure. Right. It's mm-hmm. like. Your life right now, for being super honest, your life probably wouldn't feel. And you've shared that like you've been like super grateful for the life now. You would not have that kind of gratitude if you didn't spend 12 years in jail.
0: Yeah, I'd probably. Like, I have a decent house and I live in a cool neighborhood. But that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, you sure. know,
1: and you wouldn't have. Whereas, like, and you know, I was telling you, like, I'm like flying first class and I'm just like crying on the plane because I'm just so grateful yeah. because of everything I've been through. So it's like to me we have to stop looking at life like it has to be a certain way and it has to go those way. It's like, no, it's meant to be highs and lows and happy and sad and angry and all of those things. Like how beautiful is it that we get to literally feel like our hearts like crack open and truly feel what it is to be human. Like what a blessing, you know? So it's just always felt so grateful and like i am someone like i feel my pain like i've had moments like in my life where like i'm not kidding you i'm like lying on the floor just like in the most pain i've ever felt like i've been suicidal i've had like really hard times you know and i'm grateful for all of it like i would yeah. not change any of it for sure so yeah i've just always had this like beautiful trust in god like and i feel god's presence all the time It just feels so loved. did you start
0: sending new messages or they or- what, I don't know, whatever you want to call it when it was time to go from Canada? Or?
1: Yeah, well, that was like really interesting because part of my ego kept me in Canada for a long time because I was fighting um, what was going on very publicly and it was bringing me a lot of followers. Um, had my entire account deleted as well because of how vocal I was. And Welcome I was like, to the club. I know. Like I was like <laughs> going maskless yeah. and all those things and some masked up person decided to report me and delete me. And it was so funny because I was launching a new like business, like I was like launching a new program and I'm like, I go to open up my Instagram and I'm like meant to make a bunch of money that week and it's gone. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're getting, and what's funny is like a month before God kept telling me, delete all those posts, like delete all your posts. I had like six 600 Instagram posts. Don't negotiate with God. Like when God says move, you move. When God says jump, you jump. So what do I do? I'm with my girlfriends. We're deleting like all my posts on a Sunday. And my girlfriend's like, you can't delete all of them. Like, keep, like, some. So I kept, like, 55 posts, you know. But God was telling me, like, no, no, delete all of it. Like, I want to build a new slate with you. Because I'd found, like, Christ recently. And it was, like, re- rebuilding my life through Christ, right? And, of course, I'm like, no, I'm not going to delete them all. What happens a week later? Deleted. Really? Yeah, my whole account's gone. Because God's like, didn't oh, yeah. no you know, fucking listen? No way. Like, I'm, I know that had I have deleted everything and just started. Because, like, I felt like God wanted, like, a clean slate He's you like, know didn't fucking listen yeah, like, i know that's how god talks to me like bitch, yeah. what are you doing yeah, you right. so, wow yeah, yeah. Here's, here's no account how's that <laughs> yeah basically you got to our fresh now and it's fine i started but so i was freedom like i was a freedom fighter i was organizing protests i started a non-profit during that time um i started being known all over ottawa and toronto as well um i was like going massless getting kicked out of stores filming it all so people were literally witnessing how i was being treated Mm. and it was really stressful like i couldn't even go do groceries and because it wasn't as bad in the u.s as it was in canada like it was like nowhere like you wear a mask you are not allowed in nothing it was intense so like i'd be the only store and the only person in the store without a mask i'd have like guys in bike suits be like excuse me and i'd look back and like i have a lot of attitude and i'm like do you work here yeah, And like, he'd be like, you are reckless and you are selfish. I'm oh, like, you don't fucking, like, I'd just be like, whatever, man. Yeah. But so, but then I'm such a sensitive person and it's so stressful. Like you're literally in fight or flight all the time. Mm-hmm. My friends got completely beat up to the point that they went to a hospital because they were maskless and unvaxxed in a, like in a pizza store, you know? It's like actually terrifying. One of the guys, one of the big freedom fighters, Chris Guy, he got arrested. I don't even know how many times because he was like publicly speaking I was publicly speaking at a few process, too, and it's like, he would get arrested, he'd be prevented from doing that. I was just such a big freedom fighter. And uh, at one point, we had been talking, like, my ex-husband and I and a f- couple friends of, and I, like, to go, to leave. Because we're just like, okay, we have two choices. We're like, we can keep fighting this. But a lot of us felt like nobody else was fighting. It felt like no one's fighting beside you. Like, you're kind of alone, you know, like... No, when I started my nonprofit, everyone like messaged me, we've been waiting for someone to do this. Really? That's the energy, right? Everyone's just like waiting for somebody else to do it. And it's like, no, you actually need to go do it yourself, you know? And uh, I was just tired. Like I would go to the gym in my hotel in Toronto and um, a guy, some like beta guy would walk in with his girlfriend. Two minutes later, security would be in and he'd be like, oh, you're not allowed to be here. There's only supposed to be four of you in here. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, did you go and tell security? Again, I'm very like confrontational, kind of, but like still kind. Like, I'm very kind and loving. And he's saying a nice voice. Did you go tell
0: security? No, I'm
1: like, then my voice, I'm like, did you go tell security? Accent's
0: gone and everything. Yeah, now now I'm
1: like, I mean, (laughs) business. And he's like, yeah, you're supposed to be wearing a mask. And then then I'm looking at the security guard and I'm like, I'm arguing with him because I'm like, who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? And then this guy's on the treadmill. I'm like, go lift a weight, buddy, okay, yeah, please. Right. And he's on the treadmill, and he's like, Probably just
0: walking on the treadmill. Yeah, too. he was just walking mm-hmm.
1: on the treadmill, like a beta, C U C K. And sure. um, he's like yelling at me to stop yelling, like to stop discussing with the security guy. But the security guy had, we had a good, yeah, we had a good vibe. Like for even sure. though we're like arguing a little bit, like there's, it was all love then some other guy jumps in to be like yo would you just let her have her conversation no way so we leave i leave i realize i forgot something i go back in and i'm like ready to like tear this guy apart yeah and then it just like came through like it's just not worth it like it's not like and there were times where it was but anyways like it was just intense um so basically like the final straw one week i'm doing groceries literally not harming anyone nothing so like older ladies like staring at me and i'm like can i help you and she's like you should be wearing a mask and i'm like do you i'm like do you work here no but i'm like then you have literally nothing to say and i walk away she goes and gets the manager oh. and i'm standing in line and my anxiety is like running high i'm live on instagram always to like protect myself because these people are crazy yeah. i go in the car i start bawling and i'm like i can't fucking do this anymore I go to Walmart a few days later, some lady literally is following me like right behind me and I'm like, get six feet back. Like, what are you doing? You need to wear a mask. She's yelling. Everyone is around us. I'm filming it. I'm shaking. She's filming me and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm filming you, blah, 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 all these things. She was an employee. Finally, the manager comes and he gets mad. He's like, what are you doing to her? And she's like, she's not wearing a mask. Nah, nah, nah. And I was like, I have an exemption. I didn't, but I have yeah. an exemption. That video got me in a lot of trouble, actually. Um, <clears throat> and uh, ultimately, he's like, he he comes and looks at me. He's like, Are you okay? And I start bawling. And I'm live. So many people send me messages. Oh, I like, what a loser. You started crying at the end of the video. I'm like, Fuck you. It's called a release. One girl's yeah. like, an orgasm is a release i'm like get out <laughs> get out of here you know but it's like of course i'm gonna start crying he's this like big man here to like kind of like save me from this like For person sure. who's attacking me i start crying she ends up getting fired um and i shared about that now they've started twitter threads against me with photos of me where to find me where i live threatening my life and i'm sitting at my girlfriend's cottage it's probably like the saturday night and uh, i'm texting my ex-husband and i'm like Look at this. And he's like, I told you, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be speaking out publicly. And I'm like, yo, my, like, I'm with God. I will die. Like, I will die for this stuff. I will die before you vaccinate me. I will die before I do any of these things. Like, that's it. Like, that's who I am. I will die for this. I don't care. Like, whatever, like, put a gun to my head. Fucking shoot me. You know what I mean? Like, okay, there's a Twitter thread. Great. Like, but it's still, I was like under threat. And if I didn't have my son, I would have, I would have stayed in Canada. I would have fought this thing. Truly until I was in jail, honestly, you know, but because of my son, it's like, I have to think of him and like mummy is not a good mummy when she's like stressed out and there's Twitter threads by these like blue haired liberal people yelling at me all the time. And so that point that day when that whole thing happened, I messaged my ex and I was crying and I'm like, I want to leave. And I sent him the video and he was like, he felt it and he's like, okay, let's go.
0: Well, that's cool. You had your back like that. Yeah.
1: And in a week we were gone. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and because I'd been wait, we'd been waiting, we'd been talking about it. And he kept saying, "Wait until the after after the election. Wait until this. Wait until this." But after that moment, he was like, "All right, let's go." And so we were three of us, our other friend too. The Saturday night, we're like booking our flights, and we were supposed to go to Texas. And at the last minute, it was like, "No, we're not going there. We're going to Mexico." And that was like the most transformational thing ever for me. um But yeah, like I'm glad he was again. He like wants me to be a good mom. He knows that. You're not gonna, like, it's just stressful, yeah. you
0: know? It's crazy you live in Mexico and you don't even speak Spanish. I think I speak more Spanish than you, too, which is actually really hilarious, bad. too. it's super
1: embarrassing. I keep telling myself every day, I'm like, I don't even wanna go see some of the people that, like, like my nail girl, like, yeah. I haven't seen her in like four weeks, so she's expecting me to know more Spanish than I don't. <laughs> it's, like, it's actually embarrassing. It's like I'm back
0: with Ola and that's all I got <laughs> yeah, for you today. Basically. I can say adios when we're done here. You though. know? I know a little <laughs> bit more <laughs> than that,
1: but like, truly not much more, so I need to hire someone. Okay.
0: So, how's, um, <laughs> oh, another thing I do wanna get into that we didn't know about, too, is that you are sober.
1: Yeah. So, like, like not from addiction sure. perspective, but yeah, I don't. But I missed my
0: same guest last week was the same thing. I don't like addicts need to be sober because we like we have to. or We're gonna mm-hmm. die. Other people, I always I I I want to like influence the rest of the public that's not addicts to still get sober because you can find so many more benefits in it and like i feel like a lot of those people once they do it they're going to like why would i go back to drinking you know so that's yeah. why i want to get into that
1: yeah so i've like since You're i was not in
0: trouble for not being an addict on my show
1: <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> like oh, dang, <laughs> damn i'm in trouble again should have added that yeah. to my repertoire of things i've been through that was surprisingly something um, that never happened to me and it's cuz i think i like i knew my dad was addicted to heroin and crack and um, he's an alcoholic and my mom had like a pretty like dodgy relationship with alcohol we couldn't say that she was, like, alcoholic per se, but, like, when she drank, she drank. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was, like, and she'd, like, punch her boyfriend type thing. It was just, like, really intense. Yeah. My mom's friends were, like, we hate your mom when she's drunk. I was drunk. mean
0: drunk, too. I don't, uh, don't know yeah. what it is.
1: Yeah, like, she just, like, it just wasn't, you know. Um, so I never liked that, and I never liked being around that. But, again, I've always been super spiritual. My girlfriends would take me out to clubs, and, like, they would laugh. They'd be, like, Kelsey's going to be in and out within five minutes. I'd be at the bar. Some guy would come, like, start ta- like start saying some bullshit. I'd literally go like this. like Don't then, even try, bro. Yeah. And then, like, I'd look at my girlfriends. I'd do, like, one rock around. I'm like, I'm going home.
0: <laughs> They'd be like,
1: what is wrong? Yeah. I'm like, I can't. Like, yeah. I just can't. Something always felt off with me. And then when I did drink, I would get, like, super drunk. And it would be like, like, I wouldn't even be drinking a lot. My friends were like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, why are you, no like, tolerance. throwing up out of the taxi, like, yeah. embarrassingly drunk, you know? So I was just like, this is not for me. And I didn't like it. And I would feel super depressed afterwards. Um, So I didn't enjoy that. And like I've always... When I was like probably 20, I started like... um, You know, when I was 17, I started smoking pot after my mom died. That was like really like how I coped with it for a lot. And the guy that I was dating, he was like... He smoked pot all day. So I was smoking a lot then. But I stopped because it gave me a lot of anxiety. And then... um, So I wasn't really drinking. I went years. Plus I was like bodybuilding. I was super lean. Like Mm -hmm. truly I was like shredded. So I would just go out. I drink water. Part of it was like, I hated how it made me feel, you know, I hated the way that it made me look. I didn't like it. Um, then when I converted to Islam, I went like literally four years without like having any alcohol. I would do shrooms sometimes, things like that, like psilocybin, and I would always do it. Like people would laugh. I'd do it like alone in my apartment (laughs) to get like spiritual downloads, you know what I mean? Um... Yeah, and then there's been like little moments where I've had friends in my life where they're like cocktail girls and stuff like that. And there was a a while ago, like maybe last year, where I thought like maybe I could be like a one cocktail type thing. But I started getting a lot of like autoimmune issues after my divorce. And this year in Mexico, I started seeing this like literally the most amazing naturopath in the world. Like everyone who comes to Mexico, even on a trip, I'm like, you need to go see her. She's so incredible. And she's looking at everything. And she like literally just did it from my like vibration and everything. You know, like no blood work, no nothing, just fully my vibration. She was able to tell me things that were have been going on for my whole life. She knew everything that I was telling her. And she's like, you're allergic to alcohol. She's like, that's why you don't vibe with it at all. Wow. Yeah, and it's like on another level of it, like because it always was a conscious choice of mine. Our society really does push caffeine and alcohol. I'm 100% a coffee addict, and I watched a video the other day, and it's like probably one of the worst addictions for us. But so our whole society is, is— Oh, it's terrible. Really? Like, I'll Yeah, I'll send you the video. It's wild. Okay. It's just so hard to quit because, like, entrepreneur, and you're working and things like that, and you really do have to, like—the, like, down of it is, like, two weeks. But this is our society, right? They push you to get a job that you hate, to pay for things that do absolutely nothing for you just to, like, show off— Then they push you to have, like, coffee in the morning.
0: Yeah, okay, sorry. You know what I mean? And then
1: they push you to drink on weekends. And then that causes you to go in this, like, really weird, like, depressive cycle because, A, you're hungover, you name it. You can't do anything. And then you're back to work on Monday. And then they've got you, like, addicted to porn and TV and all of these things. bad food,
0: you couldn't believe, like, all the fast food, remember, you were trying to find food?
1: Yeah. I was
0: like, you're not about to find nothing except fast food right now. Yeah,
1: this is wild. And then the food, so it's like, again, everyone is just, like, it's the matrix. It's the system. They want you sick and overweight and addicted and drinking and depressed and on their medication because Big Pharma makes more money than anything in the entire world. And we can go on a super deep level too. Like, Big Pharma, the sign for Big Pharma is literally the sign of the high occult. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like Big Pharma runs the whole world. For sure. You know? So it's just like, I don't want to be part of any of that. And I feel so much better. Like, I feel so good. Like, I'm I'm clear-headed. Don't uh, you notice
0: it's cool? I, I've, <clears throat> I definitely notice it. But a lot of people, like, they, they get jealous when they see that you're not drinking and you're out at a bar or something like that. It's like, yeah. damn, how can you do that? I wish I, I could do that, you know? It's like, you can. It's like you can <laughs> just do it, bro. Yeah, you know just what I'm don't saying? drink. But that's, and so that's why I like this because a lot of people think that they don't need to stop if they're not an addict or something like that. And it's like, anybody can do it. And it's, you'll find so much more benefits and anything alcohol is just trash it, it's, it's seriously yeah. it, it's literally poison for your body It yeah. does nothing good for you no um so yeah i'm a big fan against that yeah. stuff.
1: yeah it lowers your vibe like it's like a, everything
0: it just dumbs you down yeah. as a person and makes yeah. you yeah
1: yeah and energetically like it truly is like very low vibrational so if you are a conscious spiritual person vibing really high you drink alcohol, like that brings you right down. Like it is a depressant, you know? For sure. yeah. So, yeah, it's just like I feel so much better without it. My body is, it causes so much inflammation too. Like anyone who has autoimmune, like I was diagnosed with like autoimmune stuff. I'm like, no, that's like, I can heal that. You yeah. can heal all of this through like diet and exercise and stress and healing your trauma. Everything comes from like energetic stuff and the things that we ingest. So, it's like if you have any of these autoimmune stuff, like cut alcohol out of your life, cut alcohol, cut wheat, literally just start eating beef. All day, you will clear like the majority of your issues for sure. Cool, it's I like crazy.
0: that. Last last stuff I want to get into too. Now it's just like your life now, and how how good does it feel to like know like all the dreams you you're like chasing and like taking the chances because clearly it's paying off now. I can see you're doing very well. So just yeah. like and how rewarding is that when you do that? And then like how much do you think back like God, what if I wouldn't have taken the chance? because yeah. you know, I have that thought almost every day.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's so good, and it's like so good for anyone who's doing that right now, like. It's all. It's like it's a you versus you game, right? And a lot of us have this already on us. But like, I'm here to be the best version of myself in every single way. I'm here to like consistently be better in relationships, and communication, and business, and marketing, and sales. In being a mom, in my body, and every like everything is just like growth oriented, and it's so it's so beautiful. You know what I mean? It's like first of all, what what would be the point of my life if I wasn't living it this way? You know, like I just, I feel like it'd be so mundane, so boring. Mm -hmm. Like we need to be working towards something. Even, you know, I'm huge on like the masculine feminine dynamics. Like the masculine within all of us is purposeful. It's a king. He's working, he's living on the edge. He's striving for new things. He's pushing himself. Also, when we go deep into it, like God, the universe is consistently expanding. Like consistently, it's like the universe is just, it never stops expanding. So as human beings, we're literally here to have a desire, reach the desire, expand into a new desire, get the desire. So like God, universe, whatever you want to call it, like literally wants to love you and give you what you want because that's the only way that the universe can continue to expand. So those desires in your heart, those things that you want, like you're meant to work for them. And then the minute that you get them, people are like, oh, it's like this, like it never ends. It's not meant to. The minute that you get that desire, the minute that you get that thing, like you're meant to want more. It's part of human like conditioning. And again, those new things, like God consistently tells me, it's not about the business you're building. It's not about the acting, because I love acting. It's not about any of these things. It's about who you need to become to build that thing. You know? Yeah. So, so it's like, you want to build this physical business? Great. You're going to have to drop your bad habits, drop the we- like, drop the sleeping around with toxic girls, drop the drama, drop this, drop all the things that are actually really terrible for you to be able to make this happen. God doesn't care about this. He cares that you just became the best version of yourself. So it's like, for me, that's like, all I'm constantly thinking about is like, how am I growing? And yeah, to hit these things is so beautiful. One of the things that I do practice is really maintaining neutrality because like, okay, you're like, okay, I want to hit like $10,000 per month. The problem is that like, you think that it's going to bring you happiness, Okay, like, okay, like anyone who's listening. does at
0: first, but it only lasts Yeah, so
1: no, and like, so anyone who's listening to this, it's like, okay, what do you think $10,000 a month is going to bring you? Let's say you're not doing that. and Let's say you're doing way more. I'm like, kudos, buddy, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But let's say those who aren't yet at 10, what do you think it's going to bring you? First answers, maybe it's freedom, peace, happiness, all the things. Understand that if you think that this thing over here, this money is going to bring you those things, and you are not already feeling them, then it means that you are not a vibrational match to this thing. Whereas if you drop, you're like, oh, it's just money. It literally does absolutely nothing for me, which is like super weird. But you're just like, oh, it, like it literally won't change a thing. And for anyone who's like gotten the dream body, gotten the dream partner, gotten the wealth, whatever, you do recognize that it like literally changes nothing within your physical being. Like it doesn't make you feel mm. better. Or it doesn't make you feel anything. So when you do that, you like neutralize the vibration and then you become a match for it. So I try to like okay, yeah, I hit, like, heavy numbers last month, and it's, like, I literally just, like, breathed through it and was, like, this is just normal. Like, not letting, like, anything shift Mm -hmm. because then it's, like, okay, those bigger numbers that I want, like, it feels the exact same as right now. Like, nothing's going to change my life, whether I have it or don't. That is, like, the most powerful place to be because you literally do become the creator of your reality, and then this is where all these things that are truly just reflections of you. Like all these desires that you want in this physical world, they're just reflections of you. We live in a hologram. Like they just become, they come into, you know, it's perfect, like in alignment and it comes easier. So it's super rewarding. It feels good. But the biggest thing that I can say is like, don't make it about the thing that you achieve. Make it about like the reward of like who you had to become for this thing. Right? Like the fact that like you allowed yourself to have more or the fact that you allowed yourself to like, do the discipline and do the things and show up consistently because these things like it's not about that. Mm-hmm. And again, it just makes it so much easier to get these things when it's just an inner game and a you game.
0: Wow. I love that. <laughs> Last you. little bit of advice here. I want, I usually try and tell people to like give some advice for dudes that are locked up in prison or something like that. But yeah. I, one thing I like look at with your story too, and I'm like, I need to get more like for sure spiritual. And like, I, I still, want like, look when I ask you when you're like, God told us, I'm like, how the hell did he tell you to, you know? Yeah. So like, What's a little bit of advice that to people can get more in touch with that or just with anything in life? Your little last shout out right here, though.
1: Yeah, like connect with yourself. You know, I think that pe- most people are so busy. They're so like connected to their phone, their friends. They're looking for everyone, everything outside of themselves. And it's like literally just like listen to your heart, like connect with your heart, like look in the mirror, do mirror work, like ask yourself, like, how do you feel today? What do you want? Why aren't you doing, like, why aren't you being disciplined? Why did you not go to your workout? Things like that. And you'll hear the answer from within and, like, you're connecting. And it's like, is God really separate from us or is it just inside of us? Like, when I say God talks to me, God tells me, like, you're not hearing things or whatever. It's like you're just feeling it, right? Like, God is a whisper. The devil yells, God is a whisper. So that loud mm. voice in your head that's, like, doubting you and all the things, not God.
0: That's a good one right there. Okay. <laughs>
1: sorry yeah you know so just like listen to that tiny little whisper and also god is always expanding and it's going to be like it's going to be less about this and more about this so again like i truly believe like if you're looking for their approval their acceptance this whatever that is that's the enemy that's not god it's always like an inner game you turn it in that's it connect with yourself obviously i have to cough like right now at this last moment i'm like (coughs) It's not COVID. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Even if it is, I ain't scared.
1: I'm like, here, come here. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Connect with yourself. You know, self, I write it on my stories all the time, capital S, that thing within you that's bigger than all things, the thing that's within me, within you, within Robin, within every the trees, the birds, all things, connect with that part of you. You will never be led astray.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. All the way from Mexico. Uh, Everybody go look her up. We'll we'll put all uh, her information in the comments here. But thank you again for being here. Thank you. It's a totally different story tonight. I feel like my viewers are going to get a lot from this. So thank you so much for making the trip all the way from Mexico.
1: (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. Gracias. Thank you.
0: Gracias. Hasta luego. (laughs) That was pretty smooth. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Roll Call with Chappie. Thank you again, Kelsey, for making the trip from Mexico. See you you. guys.
1: Thank you. Bye.